Uh, hey, uh, I, I figured I'd tell you guys this first, and then I'll probably tell uh, our listeners, but I've been thinking about getting back into game development. Oh. And oh, wow. I, I thought I might... Yeah, I thought I might crowdfund, you know, kind of my dream project. Okay. Because, um, you know, my, my, my experience in development is I never got really got to work on the kind of games that I'd like to actually play. And I thought, like, wait, why don't I try to take a crack at that? So, you know, I, th- I thought it'd be like a, like sort of a retro style, uh, you know, platformer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like an old school, like an old school sort of, you know, run and gun sort of game with awesome boss fights. Cool. Um, and, and like, you know, like that sort of chiptune style music, uh, but yeah. you know, everything's updated. So it feels like a modern, you know, version of yeah, it. This sounds great. Um, yeah. and I'll put that up on, on Kickstarter and, um, yeah. And it's also, it's going to suck. Like it's going to be like dog what? shit. Uh, it'll be really bad. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll work on it for like, like half a, half a decade. Like it'll take forever to come out. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of stuff I always yeah. want to do with a game. Uh, you uh, know, it's, it's fucking unplayable. Nick, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh-huh. This is a terrible idea. What are you talking it's al- about? It's also a confusing idea. What do you mean? I told you I'm gonna make this retro style game that comes yes. out and, yeah. like, and it sucks. Sounds great. Well, no, yeah, no. the first part of the first like two thirds of it are like it sounds good. Like, I, and you know, uh-huh. uh huh. It probably be, yeah, it should sound uh, good. Better for everybody involved if uh, you left uh, <laughs> whatever it is you do now and go back to. <laughs> A less public-facing job and go back into game development. Um, oh. But I think you should try to make a game that's good. Well, I mean, that's a lot of work. I don't want to do that. So can I can I get some clarification here, which is uh-huh. you said that it's your dream. <laughs> yeah. It. So your dream is to make something that sucks? No, my dream is to have the Kickstarter, which collects a lot of money. <laughs> so your dream is to have a Kickstarter. Oh, you've what always it? wanted yeah. to be a grifter? Is that what? Yeah, I took a bath on NFTs. So Oh no. <laughs> well, I feel like there's other there are other grifts that you could mm-hmm. pitch that would be less time intensive because even though this sounds like a like something that you're going to eventually release as a, uh-huh. as a playable game, that's a lot of work to take money from people. You could start a religion or something instead. <laughs> I could start a religion. Uh, you guys want in? Uh, Matt, come on. Okay, you, you know, I've, yeah, I've, okay. been, I've been looking all for right, one. Okay, all, all right, right you got us. <laughs> we dash into generic robot baddies and pile on the stretch goals as we play infamous crowdfunded retro Mega Man tribute Mighty Number no. 9 this week on Get Played. your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here with Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Played. Here we are (laughs) once again. (laughs) 
What was that laugh? I don't know. There's something. It was. Just, I, I. I. I don't know what happened to me right now. He wasn't <laughs> expecting a, a fellas. Yeah, fellas? yeah. I guess I wasn't expecting that. Uh, it was pretty casual, but like sort of yeah. like cowboy casual. I liked it. Hey, fellas. fellas. Yeah, fellas. I, I. I. I'm. I'm sorry to say that this week's game, I was personally financially responsible for helping make. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> but before we get into that, I want to I want to shoot the shit with you folks. What's going on? Yeah, I was traveling a bit. And it's, you know, I got this backbone. Yeah. Which was a thing, you know, we did. This is, you can attach this to your phone and people know what this fucking thing is. It's a video game podcast. Anyway, you can attach yeah. it to your phone and you can, and you can use it like controller. And I was expecting to get more use out of it, but I'm going on this trip. I'm, 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 I'm hopping on planes. I'm getting in cars. I'm, I'm spending most of my time in transit and I just found my switch is a better fit. I don't know. I, that, that there's that yet to be people like the Steam Deck, and I haven't gotten my hands on a Steam Deck. But as far as I'm concerned, that that switch switch light has yet to be topped for gaming on the go. I crossed a threshold with the Switch recently, which mm-hmm. is that I realized. So I've, I'm always, you know, you know me on this show. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna bring my Vita somewhere. Oh, yes. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I've got this maxed out PSP with all this retro. Fucking jailbroken hardware. I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll get a Steam Deck and and pile a bunch of Saturn games on it. But what I realized about the Switch is it is the PlayStation 2 of this generation. Wow. Wow. So it can and does everything. And I resent it because it's not specific or special, but that Mm. is what makes it specific and special. Like Mm. there's no kind of game you can't play on it. And the idea that you would get a thicker, heavier, like you can play Dark Souls on a fucking Switch. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you like, could have put Skyrim on that bad boy. I don't. Or you could put a Stardew Valley on there. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I, I mean, I, I, I played Stardew, but, you know, not those bigger games. So I'm, I'm going to extend an olive branch to the Switch and say, I'm sorry. I counted you out because, I don't know, you just, you seemed kind of vanilla. But what I'm realizing is, you start with a vanilla base and you can make any mm-hmm. kind of Sunday out of that. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. get Nick started on vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla is a flavor. Vanilla yeah. doesn't mean. And who am I kidding? I, I love it's it. Exotic too. bean. It's great. A vanilla shake. What could be better? Oh my God. I'm not, I'm not denigrating vanilla. No, like I just I, know I, that Nick, Nick will go off and I was just trying to yeah. prevent him from going off because I, I could see him chomping at the bit, just ready to go off in any second. I, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting Here comparison to the PlayStation two because yeah, you're right. It's like you wanted the you like like I I had a Dreamcast and I had a PS2 and you know what got way more usage out of that PS2. I like my, I love my Dreamcast. I think fed back. I have more. I have fonder memories of my Sega Dreamcast than my PlayStation 2. But I think be, philo- being honest, philosophically, the more specific a game system is, the more intense your memories of it are. Mm. Like I. You know, the Wii was out at the same time as the PlayStation 3, as the same time as the Xbox 360, right? And I cannot remember hardly any gaming experiences on either of those machines, even though I spent the majority of my gaming time on, on the PlayStation 3 and the 360. What I remember is... fucking the Wii sports music. Mm -hmm. Or like the first time I played, uh, Zelda where you like swing the sword around like it it mm-hmm. 
it's they're very very it's like you might have a great cheeseburger and a and a I'm mediocre listening. don't get nick started <laughs> <laughs> what i'm just i i feel like you might have a a, a a kind of food that you don't particularly love, but is mm-hmm. extremely specific. And you might have a great cheeseburger the next day, and you'll always remember that specific food. Mm-hmm. You know, like a like a blood soup at at Sap Coffee House here in Los Angeles. Oh, which I think okay, Bourdain Dracula. Bourdain told me to eat, and I was like, <laughs> "This is terrifying," and I feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, not Bourdain told me personally. He told everyone. He told, uh, he's mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. He's yeah. like, this isn't Kinshu Confidential. I'm giving you all the secrets, actually. <laughs> all right. Anyway, dude. that's those are my feelings yeah, about, about the Switch. As of this week, that's that's how I'm feeling. I, I think I, I think it's well argued. And I, and I think there's there's a case for just like the, you know, the default option. Which often, which is like you know what you end up doing the bulk of your gaming on, mm-hmm. and I, 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 you know, I, 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 I play my Switch on the go so much that I've kind of like, I guess I don't, I, I still, boy, I still, I guess I still think of my PC that way as like if I'm gonna just get something by default, I'll put it on my on the PC, but yeah. I do get, I do, I have been, I have been gaming more, especially that things are like semi open, and I, I guess semi open is as open as we're ever gonna get again. Or just like, you know, we're, we're, as things are kind of back to where they, whatever, this is the new normal. This new baseline of people are going out and about. I've just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more use out of my Switch again. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I'll say about the backbone is that I feel like it's not the backbone's fault for lack of use. Like, sure. Cause like, I think it is a good device and it is like, it, it feels good. It makes, like, it, it makes gaming on your phone feel good. Um, the thing about it though, is that I don't think cloud gaming is great. No. Um, and there aren't that many phones. Unless you're talking about Final Fantasy seven. Sorry. Well, yeah. Yeah. If I'm talking about like Final Fantasy seven or like anything involving the or, um, Hey, if they make a video adaptation of Nope, I'd like to see, uh, see that as well. Um, but, and those are all the clouds that I know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I capped out at three and I won't go any further than that. Um, Rule of threes. Yeah, it, well, exactly. It's a rule for a reason because I can't think of any more. Uh, <laughs> but that doesn't feel quite right. And it's like, you know, yeah. you have varying levels of success with that on the go. Like if you're on an airplane, you pr- basically probably can't cloud game. You basically probably can't do it. You're in the clouds, mm-hmm. but you can't, yeah. you can't connect. Right. You think you, the connection Ironic. would be uh, stronger since you're already there. Well, I'm, uh, I'm up here already. Yeah. But, and there's not, there, yeah, there's not a ton of phone games that I'm like, like Diablo Immortal felt good with the backbone, but I'm not going to be gaming. On, I don't, I'm not no. going to be gaming on my phone. And really. also just speaking favorite. of Diablo Immortal, you like you, that's that, that requires an active internet connection. So it's yeah. like, you know, if we're talking about a plane. It's just, I don't know. Uh, yeah. They, they got to figure out offline modes with that stuff, or maybe they don't. And maybe eventually they'll just have a high speed internet on planes and we won't have to worry about that. Can I can I launch a, a a small just a small complaint about the Backbone hardware itself? Sure. Which is that I love I love the Backbone. I I think I was the first uh first purchaser on this podcast of That's the Backbone. True. Love the Backbone. I wish there was a more significant housing for the phone to snap into. Mm-hmm. Like I wish it felt more like a locked piece of single technology as opposed to like 
the little handles on the side of a thing that's just kind of snapped in. It just feels it feels a little thin. And I yeah. know that makes it that, that keeps it light. But I do wish you could have like a and maybe there is maybe somebody on Etsy is like, here's a full housing for your phone. A back sit for in. the backbone. Yeah. Yeah. Back for the backbone. 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 Uh, I like to look at the PlayStation one. I will say. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. It looks really nice. There's almost no reason for me to have it. Nope. Unless, no. Unless Backbone wanted to give us some. Uh, there's no reason Which for me want. to have it. Which they yeah, want. Yeah, and after I've just complained about it, there's no fucking way. No, <laughs> like, no, but maybe, guys. maybe this new one fixes that. We don't know, actually. And there's no way for us to know unless they send us one. Uh, I was thinking that, that you know, because we're, we're, we're having this talk about portable hardware, and I was thinking, because, and we'll talk about it when we get to this week's game, but... I had a, there was a Mega Man I had on PSP that I like really enjoyed. I can't remember what, what Mega Man it was, uh, but it was like a remaster of Mega Man 1. And mm. it just like, um, uh, it, it kind of have a, had an arranged mode of of that game, but it was really well done. I remember just like, like really, uh, it was one of the portable games I had a lot of fun with in that era. Uh, I'll look up what exactly what it's called. Have you picked up a PSP recently? No, shockingly light, mm-hmm. shockingly really? light. You, yeah, I, I, I was like, oh, it's going to be Vita weight. It's going to be iPhone weight. It's light. It feels light in your hands. It That's feels all. light in a way that I'm like, is this cheap? Like, it yeah, it, it, <laughs> like if I drop this for sure, it's going to shatter into a million pieces. So weird. Uh, I was like, whoa, I haven't picked this up in like five years. And so light. But what a what a what a little machine. Also, yeah. if you have a UMD disc in it. The loudest thing around. It is so, those things are so <laughs> loud. Uh, the game I was uh, referring to, Mega Man Powered Up for PSP. Wow. Released way back in 2006. Jesus Christ. Wow. Almost wow. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> legally dr- drink in Germany. Uh, upsetting. So Evo... 2022 is this weekend mm-hmm. as we've recorded. Um, yeah. And I'll admit, uh, as somebody who did not sink their teeth into Street Fighter V, I was not very present for Evo this year. Didn't really pay attention. Uh, I did watch uh, a couple of matches by uh, Daigo Umehara, who has been a competitive Street Fighter player for 30 years now. Like since the 90s, wow. right? Staggering. Like, like Tom Brady. When you <laughs> still playing oh. well in a middle age, usually not, most people have retired. Like, he's not, no, 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 I, I won't let you. Great politics. <laughs> Deflates but the supplements work. Okay, no. <laughs> Avoids nightshades. <laughs> Kisses his son on the mouth. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I, I do know that, like, you know, hey, in, in particular in, in, in esports, uh, people age out very young because it's yeah. just, it's so reflex. And just for someone to still be, you know, you know into their 40s, still be playing competitively is really impressive. Um, the, yeah, it's, it, to, to be able to maintain that reflex and that, that it's, it's impossible. Like, it's, yeah. a, and it's, it is an Olympian who has been going to the Olympics. For for more life than most of our listeners, right? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that based on the demographic data that we sometimes get here on the podcast, I, right? which says that yeah. that that the median listener is 12 years old in Germany. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, so I watched just a couple of matches. One of them was the Evo throwback match, which was Justin Wong versus 
Daigo. And uh, famously, I have cited one of their matches on this podcast. Not famous for me, but they're, yes. they're famous. And I cited it, uh, which, which was this uh, Street Fighter, this legendary Street Fighter 3 match. Uh, but um, they had a Street Fighter 4 match. And apparently Daigo has not been playing Street Fighter 4 for the last few years. And so it was not a satisfying match to watch. Mm-hmm. Not very, lots of throwing, very one-sided, mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. Felt like uh, felt like an exhibition basketball match between like a Michael Jordan who showed up and didn't really want to play and a, sure. uh, who's, who's another basketball man? Amare Stoudemire. There you go. Sure. I, I'm sure that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, I think you're they're thinking of two guys who are like retired, one's a little or semi-retired. Yeah. I don't Got know it. what I was saying. All right. But then then I watched Sounds the, like the big three. That's the head that's the I, basketball thing. A big the big I'm three. I'm done. League. I'm done. I've moved past this. I've I okay. I, I, I was an accident to bring it up with Nick Weiger on the show. And I did, and now I'm I've, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got like Joe Johnson, who still is like, you know, in great shape and still wants to play, but you know, some of the other guys are kind of phoning in. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Go on, Heather. So I watched the losers' quarterfinal match because it's a double elimination bracket uh, between Daigo and Idom, uh, and Daigo was playing as Guile. Idom was playing as a character whose name I don't even know because I don't watch or play Street Fighter Five. Wow! And it was an intense and very close and very competitive match that Daigo ultimately lost. Um, but again. Man, to see the the coolest part of it is seeing these two guys on stage and any wide shot is a full stadium behind them, a packed stadium, like something from a 1990s anime where like two two kids are playing video games and the world is watching. And that will not get old for me. It is so fucking cool. I'm so happy that we made it there. Esports has been, you know, popular for a while now and like has been like it's like it's the next big thing for long enough where it's just like it's but it's just been become an entrenched part of our culture now but i do think it's a thing that like the larger media has zero awareness of like it's just like you'll maybe see somewhere on a on a sports site you might see like a little sidebar talking about you know a league of legends championship or something like that but it's just so rarely mentioned and it's got it's got something that's got so much mind share among you know a a a huge demographic i mean i guess primarily people under 30 but yeah a lot lot of people tune in it's really cool and i hope i hope someday to see games at the olympics like yeah why not why not it's physically impossible to do if for almost everyone to compete like that so put that in the olympics I also think the talent level, because so much of like, you know, like a, a a sport like dressage or, you know, the biathlon, like some of these sports that are like very uh, equipment and resource heavy and that you have to like be part of a of a of an, a, you know, an elite sect of uh, a, a financial sect to be able to even like have an entry point for it. Uh, like, I feel like that's like. You're more likely going to get, I think, the best talent in people playing like CSGO, right? It's like because that's something that everyone has access to. That's something like, you know, the best the, the best Dota players are probably better athletes than a lot of the people playing Olympic sports. 
Now, Nick, mm-hmm. that's enough about what everybody else is playing. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I made Nick choke on the liquid. It just there was so much prelude. <laughs> I saw where you were going. And yeah, I started at a coughing fit. So just taking a sip. My mistake for taking a sip. <laughs> what I am playing to answer your question. Uh, Heather, you got me on Live Alive. And I, I I took my Switch along on this trip, and I spent most of my Switch time, uh, and, and most of my Switch time on the plane on these these uh, uh, a few a uh, few work travel dates I had, a few tour dates I had, and uh, and um uh, and all of my Switch time on this trip was spent playing Live Alive. It's a fascinating experience. It's like I really enjoy it. I think it's it's. It feels like watching like a 4K restoration of like a Kubrick film you've never seen because it's like it's mm-hmm. clearly dated. It's got some things that are like, OK, this feels like, yeah, this feels like a JRPG from the mid 90s. But it's got that sheen of of remaster on it. And it's also like really well done. I'm like, oh, OK, so this is so clearly the spiritual predecessor to, uh, you know, Chrono Trigger. And it's just got a lot of those elements in there that are that I liked about that game, um, even down to the exact time periods that it covers. It, I, I I was not aware of how extensive the remaster was, but it, it just really feels like they've you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a three D engine that mostly like it's like you know it's, you've talked about it before you talked about it last week Heather it's like that HD two D whatever they call it um, whatever Square Enix calls it uh, where it's like you know it's like a three D engine but with uh, with pixels for the characters with sprites for the characters and you know the 3d engine mostly looks great there's a few times where it, it's maybe rubs against the uh the the 2dness of the sprites a little bit but mostly it, it sits in really well and i i was surprised when like some of the cinematics they're like moving the camera and like yeah. positioning like it, it's like because matt you're playing this too it's yeah. like like they're one of one like in the old west one they're they're like scene setting by like uh, and and it's just they're just establishing shots, but it's like it's not the sort of thing where like we're just seeing that, you know, uh, sort of wide uh, over overhead sort of view that overview that we'd see of, of of a town. We're like seeing like like like, oh, here's a little shot from like behind the door, the door of the tavern. And it's like, oh, it's just kind of interesting that they went that direction with it. It, it feels it's a little jarring, but I, you know, it, it's it's definitely polished. There's full speech, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I and and you, you can talk. I talk about it to Japanese from the the main menu. Although I don't think I, there can't have been speech in the original version. It was on a cartridge, so I guess it it really truly doesn't matter. It's all dubbed anyway. Um, and there's also some of the larger characters. I think are are cell shaded 3D models. They're like some of the boss characters are like like they 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 look cleaner than than the sp- than the sprites, and they're certainly they don't look like they're just restored from the original. Uh, a Super Famicom version. They look like they're newly created, but it's uh, they they really did a lot of work on this. But uh, Matt, I'm curious as to to your your overall thoughts and also where you are in the game because I'm on character four of eight. Uh, you have eight chapters and you can get to you can do them kind of in any order. 
and um and and I, I've I've knocked out Old West, Imperial China, Distant Future, and I'm now playing through Prehistory. Uh, where are you in the game, and and how have you been liking it? Uh, I've been I've been loving it. I was saying uh, on our text thread that mm-hmm. this feels like the perfect game for me right now because it's like sure it's it's like a substantial like meaty game, but it also feels like small enough where I can like sort of just like pick it up for a little bit and then put it back down and not feel like uh, overwhelmed by the size of it and the scope of it. No, the the little chapter the that is broken up into chapters makes it very digestible. Yes, like I I, I I'm not very far into it. I started with I I well at first I downloaded the demo because uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to see if it was going to be like if I was actually going to like it. Um, and which I think every game should do that now because uh well I'll probably end up getting them anyway. I'll try it out for one second and be like ah oh, it seems good. Um, but I I I went and I got a physical you, card. You mean of it. you mean. You mean transferring the save, like you, you can save your progress in the demo and transfer it over to the main game? Yeah, Every yes, demo that, should have that, I that's, agree. That's what I mean. Um, yeah. But I I started with the Imperial China um, section of the game, that chapter, um, so I finished that one out. But it was funny because I actually, like I missed some items along the way that would have made the boss fight a little easier, and I don't mm-hmm. think I leveled up, like, appropriately uh, on the way uh, to the final boss, so I, like backtracked like almost completely like i almost started that whole chapter like completely over um so i could go back and be stronger for the boss fight and it still was a little hard um for me it was a little tricky boss yes. fight. uh but i went back and i did that and i now i'm on prehistory um and i don't know where i'll be going from here after this uh but i just i love the way it looks um i was lamenting that we could have had this for the Final Fantasy remasters that they did, uh, that they sort oh. of shat out. Yeah, um, right. That would have been so nice. Like Such if we a got missed like opportunity. Even if we got like two Final Fantasy one and two, uh, you know, instead instead of all of them, or, like, and then or just keep doing it. Just six. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just one. six. Just what? Just do six that way. Yeah. Full orchestral score. Full dialogue. Full. Give it to us. Give it, give it, give it, give me. Um, but it, it's it. not. It's not that I want every game like this to look like this, but it yeah. is sort of like the look of the moment for that type of game. I think if you're gonna put out that game again, uh, you might as well. I think do a little have you know, get the gang back together and uh, and, and do sure. a little HD two D because I've never like for example I've never played Chrono Trigger, uh, and I would like to. Uh, mm-hmm. if, uh, if it was more available on like uh, if it was like if I had it on my Switch I'd be playing it mm-hmm. but if they did an HD 2D remake on Switch that's a it's uh, a pickup it's um, an immediate pickup why not do that I mean yeah. that's a, I, I know it's an enormous resource it's, yeah. it's a, a investment of resources so obviously it's not an easy thing to hand wave away it's like why not do that I know it yeah. takes a lot of fucking work but still it, it like that feels like such a natural candidate and I know this game was Maybe they picked this one because it was it was so huge in Japan, and then they were just like, "Hey, because it never got a Western release, this makes sense to dedicate some resources in." But yeah. I feel like Chrono Trigger is just you know it's such a beloved game that if they give that a, a, an FF Seven remaster level remaster, yeah. Um, the I, I yeah go on. Oh, I was gonna say the other thing that I really like about it is that it's like wow, Heather is holding up. Jesus Christ, he- Heather has <laughs> emerged from her hole <laughs> and, with, holding. A, it looks like a sealed, <laughs> sealed copy, copy of Chrono Trigger. It's, it's may, not, it's may as well sealed. be holding up a gold bar. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not sealed. It's okay. I. I have it in a protective plexi, plexiglass case. Yeah, but it's uh. Yeah, it's 
Chrono Trigger with awesome. the instructions and the maps. And yeah, stuff. no, it's so I, cool. I'm sufficiently flexed on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I was going to say, the thing that I like about the game is that it's really funny, too. Like It is the, funny, yeah. I've been like la- really laughing. Uh, even I mean, it's like... In the in the prehistory one, you're cavemen, so like the humor in there is like farts and stuff, but yeah, it's all really funny stuff, Worse and I've been me. laughing quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I've been I've just been plugging away at that at night, uh, and 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 really really liking it. Um, I, I yeah, uh, apart from how it looks, uh, I know that you're probably gonna cue this up, Nick. It sounds great too. It sounds great. So I couldn't find the arranged. The, they they completely remastered the soundtrack. Um, yeah, it, 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 and it it sounds great. And I couldn't find the arranged soundtrack on. You know, no one had uploaded it yet. Uh, but I have the Super Famicom version of the character select track, uh, which to me, if we ever do the character select music episode, this one is going to be one of my draft picks. Let's play wow. this one. This is Select Alive. What I, what I, you know, it's, you only get a little bit of context for each character when you go into their story. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think is worth touching on is that each character's story is not only like in a different time period, but it often ha- has a different set core gameplay mechanic and yes. even like a different like structural element or way of storytelling. So like in the in the distant future one, there's like a little bit of like stealth you have to do. There's like a you know, there's there's a threat in the overworld that that you have to or not, it's not really an overworld. You're on a space station, but there's a threat in this confined space that you have to avoid uh, in the prehistory one. As you mentioned, uh, Matt, they there's no talk. There's no speech. So, you know, it's all it's all in pictographs and and uh, and gestures and sound effects Um, the old west one. The whole thing is it, it all takes place. It's like all one day. And you're just setting a bunch of traps in a town for a group of raiders who are going to uh, to, to arrive. So it's just like it's a little bit more of a puzzle sort of, you know, tactical sort of approach. Than, wow. And then the combat system is cool, too. It's it's you know, it's it's tile based and you can move your guys around uh, as uh, use, you can use your actions to position your guys. And that affects your characters and that affects who they can can attack with which attacks. It's it's a uh, it's got a lot going on. I like it. I, I can't I can't wait for you guys to get to the near future chapter, which I think neither of you has played yet, because no. that's where I started. And I f- there's a couple things that happened during it that I just love. Wow. Like, ju- like, I was just like, man, I got a real warmth for this game as I'm playing it. Like, it, it's good. It's good stuff. And I'm I'm yeah. really happy you guys both took to it. Uh, Just as too. I abandoned it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew play, we needed to be there for it to pick up to, the pieces. To play exactly. Xenoblade. Yeah. Xenoblade wow. Chronicles 3, which I'm still playing. Um, so I've been made aware that even though I said that it wasn't tied to any of the other Xenoblade games, it is heavily tied to one or two of the other Xenoblade games. But when Got you're it. playing it and you haven't played those games you don't feel alienated. It's not mm-hmm. like you're like, oh, what the fuck are they talking about? Instead, it's apparently for people who have gone through the series, uh, as opposed to me, I think I've only played Chronicles X or Chronicles 1. I don't remember. Um, played one of them all the way to the end. Uh, but boy, game keeps getting better. 
I fucking love it. It's so good. The soundtrack is so good. Um, there's full blown like Evangelion moments in this fucking game, uh, Ooh, which wow. I think I shared to you guys on on text. Yes. It was just like monster designs. I'm, you're, you're just looking basically at Evo One, and I'm like, hats off. I, I, I I'll, I'll recognize that moment. Um, it is unfortunately I you know like. I don't have a, a ton of time right now. And it right. is it, when I'm every sweaty second that I can squeeze out of mm-hmm. that game, I am. Like if I get stuck at work and need to take like a five a five minute break, I'll I'll play Xeno Xenoblade. But to that end, I'm a little frustrated because it is a lot of story. And sometimes I'll turn on the game for 20 minutes and it will be only cutscenes for that yes. for that section of time. And we know me, all I want to do is fight. Like, I just want to battle. And now that I have, I think, six characters simultaneously in my party, wow! the fighting is so fun. You can switch in between any of those characters to control them. So, like, you have your basic MMO party setup, like damage dealer, tank, healer. Uh, and the, And then those are sort of... There are micro differences or macro differences between like one damage dealer and a different damage dealer. But you can switch through all six members of of your party. I don't know how big the party eventually can be, but the screen is full. Like you'll be fighting one monster and you'll aggro in multiple other monsters. And suddenly it's just like you're trying to manage like six people at once. Uh, It's it's great fun. It's a great combat system. It's so rewarding. You have to time stuff, and if you time stuff, then you can build damage and you can create combos all within this, like, you know, you go to your menu screens and your numbers go up, satisfying dopamine hit shit. So good. Um, I just don't have a ton of time to play that game, and I wish I did, because I would, if it was the middle of winter and I was Mm. on hiatus, I would not have left the hole to (laughs) do anything else. I'm sure so, you can carve out 55 hours here or there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you'll pick it up along the way. <laughs> you know, it's like you'll at find the, it. At the pace of 10, what is 55 hours times 60 divided by 10? Hmm. Dee, 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 dee. Somebody is at home. Somebody at home is like, it's this. It's this. Yeah. It's this on their, on their what, headphones. What was the math car? again? 55, 55 times 60. 55. Times right. 60? Wait, am I doing that right? So it's 55 hours. Uh-huh. T- so it's times 60 minutes divided by 10-minute chunks. Uh, 600. So 600 days to finish at this pace. <laughs> right? <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. And and if you're at home and my math was wrong or that equation was wrong, uh, my uh, math teacher was a piece of shit to me. So that's not my fault. Heather's school mm. is closed. My school's closed. Actually, okay. <laughs> you probably feel like a shit now for even saying yeah. that. Fucking asshole. Yeah, come on. That's what we're all playing. What we're all playing? 
in addition to this week's game slop, mighty number nine. This week's game slop, (laughs) (laughs) mighty number nine, which we've been playing. uh, This is part of our uh, our return to our old format where we play through some of the worst and weirdest games of all time, and this one is infamous. I think because it was Kickstarter financed and overpromised, underdelivered, kind of the classic example, the Ur example of the crowdfunded game that everyone ultimately thought uh, was a piece of shit. Uh, and uh, this was developed by uh, Comcept, uh, largely uh, KG Inafune, who was a Mega Man 1 veteran. He was the project lead and kind of the uh, the, the the public uh, face of this project uh, it was released in 2016 after a series of delays. I believe the Kickstarter went live in 2012 or 2013. So it was a well, while. Let me tell yeah. you that I can see the timestamp on my email. September 3rd, 2013 <laughs> at 11.25 wow. in the morning. Wow. I dropped $60 to help bring Mighty Number no. 9 to, to everybody's homes. I got the physical game box, the printed retro style game manual, and an exclusive in-game golden hero. And as these boys know, I was so disappointed with this release that I never even cashed in the downloadable code for my in-game golden hero. And I, uncharacteristic to, like, you could, if there was a dark version of me, like a, like a, like in the upside down, this is something Mm -hmm. they would have done. I fucking threw away the game box and the manual enraged. Wild. <laughs> I don't. I was like, I, every time I would move my stuff around, I'd be like, I don't even want to fucking look at this. I don't want to yeah. look at this anymore. And I threw it in the garbage. I didn't back this Kickstarter, but I remember thinking like, oh, this looks cool. And then just kind of peripherally following all the updates of just like this, this, uh, this is getting delayed again. This is getting delayed again. Uh, there are lots of public apologies, and there's an element to this. And and I'm curious what what your thoughts are as as someone who backed this, Heather. But like so much of this, I I feel like why this project got so fucked up, and and a lot of the reporting points towards the same sort of thing is that it had all these stretch goals, and the stretch goals are kind of the things that make Kickstarter feel like a scam, but. You know, if we get this amount of money, we'll do we'll port to this platform. If we get this amount of money, we're going to add this these extra levels and this extra character. Like they get like the way the platform is set up, it incentivizes over scoping, and so they just started. They like holy shit, we hit our goal in in two days. Uh, we're well, let's add let's uh you know, and then we hit our stretch goals. Let's add new stretch goals, and so we'll keep adding. And so you know, we're basically like it imposing feature creep upon ourselves it we're 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 demanding that we're going to have to do more and more here and as such like the whole project just got kind of out of control i don't know what the i don't i don't know how things catalyze against each other but i do think that if you are getting 400 percent of the money that you asked for there should be at least 300 percent of the game sure right like it it seems like if I'm providing money to somebody to work on some like if somebody yeah. was like, hey, can Heather, can you write an, a sci-fi novel? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And and I was like, I guess I need X amount of dollars. And they were like, if we give you four times as much, do you think you could write a trilogy? And I'd be like, oh boy, if I say yes to that, the social contract is that I, and the literal contract is that yeah. I would deliver those three books, right? Right. Tell that it's, to George R.R. R. Martin. 
don't know. I, I got some. I got some real spice about this project because I was evangelizing it. I was excited about it. I loved like Mega Man Two was the reason I rented NES from Blockbuster. Like wow, I have yeah. Like Mega a, Man Two is one of my favorite NES games. I have Fucking a sketchpad awesome. from when I was a kid where I pressed pause on the character select screen and then drew each of the little guys. No, nah, like I was like adorable. this is. This is a moment in, in time. So when KG Inafune was like, hey, I'm going to make a new Mega Man. I was like, oh, oh, buddy. Okay. Okay. Take my money. Yes. <laughs> I think that was that was a lot of its audience. I think it was just like, you know, hey, holy shit, a retro Mega, you know, a retro Mega Man spiritual successor. And I guess this was coming on the heels of Mega Man 10, which I remember liking. I don't remember what the reception yeah. of Mega Man 10 was. But that Mega Man 10 was pretty was pretty good. All of um, those those like latter day retro style Mega Man games were so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like they were legitimately difficult. They were like touched the same part of your brain that the original did. Like I, I loved them. And had that sense, that same sort of, you know, sense of style. Cause those games are so stylish. And yeah. <clears throat> this one by comparison, I mean, so mighty number no. nine, it, to me, it's supposed to be an homage to Mega Man, but it feels like the, you know, that company, the asylum that makes like, <laughs> they, they make like directive red box versions of like ripoffs of popular movies. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll, instead of transformers, they make like transmorphers. Just so yeah. like confused dads will like rent it by accident. Th- this is what it feels like. It feels like the 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 asylum version of Mega Man. Just everything is like less cool, doesn't look as good, doesn't feel as good. And and on a, and and it, it's hard to say because it's like, okay, yes, you are so you're one of the people who are uh, credited with creating this pr- this franchise, but it feels like a ripoff of the thing that you made. It, it's it's I don't know, it's it's it's, it's big Balin Wonderworld vibes. It's just like this. Feel, yeah. This is like a this is like a weird approximation of the thing that was was good at some point. But I'll even say something in, uh, to Balin Wonderworld's Wonderland. I there, think it's Wonder. I think it's Balin, and I think it's ba- Balin. I have I have Wonderland the physical box right world. now. Let me hear. This will be much less cool than Heather getting her Chrono Trigger <laughs> okay, box. Hold on. Nick's reaching into his hole now. So yeah, yeah. He's got to stretch it first. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's the only thing in here. It is, it is Wonder World. Balin Wonder World. Yes. Okay, so wow. To to Balin's defense, at least Balin was trying something. Sure. Like He was like, what if you made Fair. a game with a million different costumes? And and and, and, <laughs> yeah. and let's, let's see what happens when we make that game. At least it was like attempting some kind of a thing. Whereas this feels like it wasn't I I didn't sense any new ideas in this, right? One hundred percent. I I mean, I want to I want to I want to read a sentence from the Wikipedia, which is just the game received mixed to negative reviews from critics upon launch, with criticism being directed towards the game's design, graphics, lack of content, voice acting, story, and technical performance. (laughs) That's all of it. Yeah, it's all of it. <laughs> I watched an IGN video review and it was one of those things where it had pro you know it had pros and cons at the end as a well done review uh but then but like the pros column had one thing which was dash attack and then the cons column was like eight <laughs> things <laughs> uh yeah I mean it, it, and and I I guess if it does have anything that's kind of new it is that dash attack the they call the game calls it the accelerate mechanic has a superfluous x for some reason which is that you you attack enemies and then you can dash into them 
And as I was starting to play this game and like going through the first little bit, I was like, okay, this this seems like this is maybe fun. You weaken enemies to a certain stretch, certain point, and then you dash into them and you absorb some of their powers. But as I played more of it, it's like the visual cues here are so unclear, at least to me. I was like, I can't tell at what point I'm supposed to dash into these guys exactly. Like sometimes I'm like, like I can get a hundred percent if you dash it at just the right time, but then other times I, I feel like I did the same thing and I got like like forty percent. Yeah, and then because you get you get a percentage of their uh, whatever, and also I don't even know what that percent means. Like I'm like, what am I getting exactly? Because you get a certain point, you get you get little power ups uh, that go over your your hero whose name is Beck for some reason uh, that that go over Beck. But I'm like, I don't know exactly what these do. And I looked them up and it's just like, oh, this one lets you shoot through walls. And I was like, I guess. I don't know. It's a, a, a lot of it is just very poorly communicated to the user. And the combo system doesn't really like work. Like I, I don't really no, understand yeah. what it was like that I was trying to do. It's like, oh, I guess if I got two in a row, that's a combo. But it was just like unclear that like it, it would happen sometimes and it would also happen. Uh, it would also not happen. I would just be like, what is what is this? Well, I think it's so contingent on the encounter design, yeah. but it's like, if like okay, if you're going to have, I, I, if I chain together a bunch of kills, I chain together a bunch of dashes, then like, I kind of need like a, like a, like a rush of enemies that I can kind of, you know, chain together or yes. else it's just like, it's hard to mo- maintain that momentum and have that payoff. Yeah. At most there's like three guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This- and, and, and as what Heather was saying about, about new ideas, it's just some of these guys are like. This exact enemy, this guy with the shield who holds it up, and then when he removes the shield, he shoots a a, a single pal, a, a, you know, a, a couple shots at you, three shots at you, and then puts his shield back up. Like that's just verbatim an enemy from like Mega Man One. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen that shield guy so many times, and 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 it's just there's nothing new here. I'm gonna read another little moment from. So the pre-release for hype for this game cannot be overstated. Mm-hmm. Yes. On July 7th, 2015, it was announced that Legendary Pictures and Comset would collaborate to make a Mighty Number no. 9 feature film. No. Like, going into this release, people were like, this is the return of video games. Yeah, I, I flagged a, a Polygon article, uh, and the, the, the headline is, is from 2014. Mighty Number no. 9 movie script expected soon. Inafune hopes for manga, anime, TV. So it's just like, and, and you read the quotes in this, and it's just... It seems so. Uh, they're they're talking about it like it, it's it's uh, there. There was a there was a, a book that came out recently that talked about how I think it was that Will Smith movie. What was it called? After Earth. Mm-hmm. And it was just like such putting the cart ahead of the horse in the same way of like they were talking about like okay, well, well after After Earth we'll have the After Earth like a cinematic universe, and then we'll have the After Earth section of Universal Studios or whatever. It, it was it was very much like uh, the Dark Universe was yeah. another one. We're just like you got to get the first thing right before you start talking about like we're gonna exp- we're gonna grow this into this this gigantic IP. Get the get, like nail the first thing. Can you imagine if they had made the Mighty Number no. 9 movie before even <laughs> trying to make a Mega Man movie? That is like that should be the world we live in actually based on yes. everything else that we have. Like we it's should have we had deserve. the Mighty we deserve the Mighty Number no. 9 movie. Uh, can can I also talk about something else from the the pre-release and this is I yeah. think at one one of the points where they where everyone turned on this uh, aside from the endless delays but the master class trailer uh, can we play a little bit of this, Matt? This is an infamous bit of hype for this uh, for this game that came out that I think they actually apologized for. 
Looking at the screen, let me ask you a question. Do you like awesome things that are awesome? Then you gotta play this game, dude. It's freaking cool and crazy addictive. Like fucking hate this. I hate it so much. <laughs> Sucks so bad. That's your dash move. There's a short dash, a long dash, jump dash, spiral, slide. There's probably a dash that makes you breakfast. I don't know. Great idea. Wait, what? Point is, oh, you're dashing God. around like a freaking moon it's man. So and obnoxious. I love it. Oh, and look at this. There's all these combo moves you can do. Then you can do combos on I like the combos da the dash that they're uh, showing like that isn't different. Like it's the same dash. They keep packaging yes. the dash as something different each time. It's one dash. It's one thing. All right, we got to hear this next line. You kill an enemy and you can absorb their power-ups. Stuff that'll make you faster and stronger and make the bad guys cry like an anime fan on prom night. Ah. Make the bad guys cry like an anime fan on prom night. I'm ready. No one that's what they. You, that's what they wanted to have in their copy. They didn't have to do that. Their no, they core, did not. Their core demographic target is anime fans. <laughs> like they announced, he was like, "I hope there's an anime." Also, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you have a Man. horrible prom. We're like uh, we we might we might make a manga based off this game, and if you read that, you suck, <laughs> dumbass loser. Um, I, I can I maybe I'm crazy, but does the game in the trailer have better explosions? It kind of looked good. The, the explosions the, in the in the in the finished game, and and I played on I I played on PlayStation. It's all it's free on PSP. Plus, wait, it's PSP. It's free on PlayStation Plus right now. Yeah, uh, that's what I was trying to say. So so it's uh, and which is if you're going to subject yourself to playing this game, you haven't already purchased it. Just don't don't spend money on it. But the yeah. the the, the explosion yeah, effects no. look awful. <laughs> we did by accident because I didn't realize it was on PlayStation Plus until you very very nicely told us. Yeah, and so I got a refund for the version I bought, and so did Matt. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, it's, yeah, the explosion effects look, look wretched. They look, I was like, this looks like shit. Yeah. It, it looks bad. Mm -hmm. Like it looks, it, it looks, you described it as a bad Mario maker level. Yes. Right? Yeah. Kind of what it feels I, like. It, it feels, it feels like I don't, it's, I don't understand how games are made. So maybe I'm just, and you can fill me in on this, Nick. If you're mm -hmm. using Unreal Engine, aren't there certain assets and things that you can just drop in, like an explosion asset, right? I mean, it, it, I would imagine that when, I believe when this was being developed, that like things like the, the you know, the asset store, and I'm not sure how robust Unreal Engine's asset store is, but like things like that were less were less integrated into the engine. Mm. Um, you can still get that stuff. You can still like find, you know, uh, uh, you can still find stuff that's prefab. But I think it was like a little bit less like, hey, this is this thing that's ready to drag and drop into your existing game. But that said, if you're going to see this effect so much, it would be the thing that would make sense to invest some resources in. Especially when you've got ample resources because you are you have, you know, quadrupled your targeted uh, funding goal for the project, you know, so like like, yeah, this is this is a thing that maybe you would have an effects artist on to make it look, you know, correct and sit in with the aesthetic that you've established for your game. Um, but like make that look good, like like what like and and it also is like kind of a piece with all the other art in this game, which is just it's either. 
at, at best, it's just it feels generic, and a lot of it is just like like uh, unpleasant to look at. Did you guys ever play Mega Man Eleven? Which one is that? It, it was, was a recent Switch one, right? Yeah, it's a recent Switch one. I didn't get around to playing that. Uh, it's just funny to think that that game exists, like that, that this game exists, uh, and it comes out before Mega Man Eleven because, like, it's supposed to be like the answer, right? It's just like they were like, "We're gonna make these. Like, this is like a throwback Mega Man game. We're gonna do this. We're gonna kickstart uh, right. our vision so we can solve the Mega Man drought." And then Mega Man Eleven comes out, and everybody is like. Yeah, this is like good. Like this is like really good. <laughs> <laughs> like it solved nothing. Like it was just like it. It's it, it, man, what a what a waste. I personally have no reverence um, for Mega Man. I've not played a lot of Mega Man in my day, but I have played Mega Man Eleven. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was going off of that, and yeah, in comparison, this game's dog shit. And also, it's a, it, <laughs> it's. It feels, I was saying, it feels sometimes too easy and then also unfair. Like, there's been times where I, 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 when I was playing this and I died, and I, it was just like, that was it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm done. I, I think that was, and, and you texted a version of that, yeah. Matt, and I, like, I, I think that was well said because it's, it's got a lot of things that are in this game that when you, when you take into account how short it is, because mm-hmm. this is like a four-hour game, and I was like, oh, I'll just finish this thing, and then I played through, so I was like, this fucking, bl- I hate this. Yeah. Four hours is like not a small amount of time. I don't no. want to, I don't want to spend it playing this, this game. So I felt like I'd, I'd, I'd gotten enough of it, seen enough of it to, to understand what was, uh, why it w- what was bad about it. And because it's so short, the design decisions, the points where it it becomes, it, it, like you said, unfair, where it becomes abruptly too hard, which are things like, you know, the bosses are bullet sponges or there's just environmental hazards that are insta kills. Yeah. One of the bosses it w- was like he, he has a second form where if you get hit once, it's an insta death. And it's like this that that feels like a cynical decision to pad gameplay length because yes. you're like, well, shit, if someone can, someone can play through this whole fucking thing in 90 minutes. So we better at least make it so that you're going to for sure fail a few times. So there was a lot of hype about how the composer Manami Matsumae was coming back to uh, to score this game. Uh, she was uh, she was the, the the writer of the soundtracks for things like uh, a, a, like a ton of Capcom games. Um, including Looney Tunes, <laughs> Batman Return of the Joker. <laughs> These aren't Capcom. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, uh, Magic Sword was, was one of them. UN Squadron. But then, uh, <laughs> Final Fight? Final Fight? Yeah. Come on, Final Fight. Uh, I want to play a, a track from Mega Man 2. Uh, uh, and... It's one, it's one of the pieces of music that gets stuck in my head from time to time. It's this first link I sent you, Matt. So this is the Metal Man theme. Obviously, limited palette of sounds, limited number of tracks. So fucking good. Really good. Like you can imagine that being like blown out in like a symphonic OST and and, and made into like like a, a song that's in a movie, like yeah. where some somebody's got to like fight through a bunch of dudes. And I want to compare that to a track from Mighty Number no. Nine, which just feels ah over. It feels like 
overmade. This is from the mind level. Yeah, this is... It's a lot. It's, I mean... This is Matt's little game adjacent. I guess that main theme still has the hook of of a Mega Man theme. Mm-hmm. But there's so much other shit happening. The Am orchestration, I-, I think, the arrangement is is the big thing. Like, it, it, it feels... And it's of a piece with the art style of the game and just feeling very generic. Yeah, uh, it, and- there's... There's no harmonies in that, right? It's a, it's just a single melodic, right? Am I? I don't know music stuff. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's, I mean, it's that one melody, and then it's just like a, a you know, it's a kind of that sort of a, a, you know, techno vibe to it, which I think even felt dated by the time this game released. Um, yeah, uh, 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 Matsume, uh, I think, did more composing for Mega Man One than Mega Man Two, but the Mega Man sound one soundtrack is uh, still a fucking a, wait. A is that true? Banger. Yeah, did I think I just- so. I fucked. I fucked myself. I no, you're it. fine. She still has a credit on Mega Man Two, which is the also Takashi Tadashi also uh, worked on well, on Mega Man Two. Oh man, forget. Maybe I should just be let go from this podcast. It's a video game <laughs> no, podcast. No, no, we don't. No, we need you. <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah, we're fucking floundering here. Yeah, <laughs> we need somebody with at least some information. <laughs> <laughs> Even the wrong information. Yeah, it'll take anything. <laughs> Mega Man was released on sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heather, you're so you're in the end credits for this game, right? You must be. Yes, I'm. I'm in the end. <laughs> oh God! I'm cited as a responsible party for the existence of Mighty Number no. Nine. Along with like 65,000 other people, because the end credits to Mighty Number no. 9 are three hours and 45 minutes long to include <laughs> all. <laughs> this is not a joke. All no, of the true. Kickstarters uh, uh, and, and backers for the project. Wikipedia cites this as the longest credits in any media. Wow. <laughs> are a Mighty Number no. 9. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm there. I guess you could put it on my IMDb because it's a it's a credit. <laughs> yeah. And you should be punished for your crime. Certainly. Yeah. Oh, man, I uh, it was I, I I did not finish this. No, guys, Me I either. didn't finish this fucking game. I I dipped my toes back in and was like. Well, it's better than I remembered because I remembered being so upset when it came out that I was that I mm-hmm. like I distorted how bad it was. But after a few levels, I was just like, it's also not good. No. Like the dash attack is super satisfying. I could do that all day long. Great fun. But it's good. Like how? On a micro, on a, I, I want to give a micro note to a, a game that was released almost a decade ago. Not even, started a decade ago and then released like six years, five years later. Yes. Which is the, the one of the core mechanics of Mega Man games is you jump when you go through a door and you stay in the air while the screen moves and then you land really after the screen finishes moving. No kid anywhere on earth didn't jump through the doors. And this game features uh, 
sections where you'll hit a, a wall in the world map and then the map will move to simulate that old door mechanic and you can't jump and hold in the air while the while the map moves. That's like Kinda eliminating it it's it eliminates rolling from Link. Like Yeah. Wh- why would It's you can't You got to give us a jump, jump through the doors. It's a it's a thing I didn't pick up on, but yeah, it's a microcosm for the game's problems. It's a that's a you're absolutely right. It's just for sure. It's like the thing you remember loving is not yeah. present in the the homage. I mean, just it like to the disappointment of you get to that first wall and you go you jump because you, it's muscle memory. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then nothing happens. What a bummer. Yeah. I I also think that it's just, you know, it, it draws a lot of unfavorable comparisons to even a game like Live Alive, which is just like, hey, this mm-hmm. is a this is a, a, an old school. This is an updating of an old school game. But, you know, the, the one I was thinking of more was like was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which we talked about on the podcast yeah. this year. Uh, and that's just like, hey, this is a retro game. This feels like like what you played yeah. a, as a kid. But also, or when you were younger, however old you were, and uh, but but it's got like quality of life updates, and you know, it, it, and and control updates, and and you know, it, it, it's it, it it's just it's got it, it it doesn't have all the dated shit that you didn't actually like, and it just has the stuff that you liked and concentrates it on that, and then makes it feel you know has a has a coat of polish on top of that, and and they they had an opportunity to do that with this game, and then it just ended up being such a fucking disaster uh what a what a what a bummer what what this was this was not even like fun to like talk no. about <laughs> <It sucks. laughs> can i can i can i uh ask for another musical cue uh yeah. or yeah. something matt yeah um just go ahead and start playing that whenever you'd like uh while i uh while i share some information with uh with you and and the audience September 1st, 2013. Heather Ann Campbell tweets, A Mega Man team has assembled to create a new game, Mighty Number no. 9. I provide the link. September 3rd, 2013. I just backed Mighty Number no. 9 on Kickstarter with a link. Four likes. On release date, I tweet, nothing about the game. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, there are no other references to Mighty Number 9 in my entire Twitter history other than my excitement that it was announced and my donation of $60. (laughs) Man. Well, hey, that was that was GameSlot Mighty Number no. Nine. Uh, thank you for that, Heather. Can I say something that I liked about it real quick? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. At the level select screen, when you press the the stage you want to the to play, <laughs> usually, you know, it'd be like you you you, you press on it. And then you would just kind of start it. You you you, you know, our sub menu would pop up, and then you would press start, and the level would start. This does happen. <laughs> but a second menu pops up after you press start and it says are you sure 
And then the options are yes or no. And then you have to press yes. So they're like really like, they know. <laughs> they, they know they fucked up. And they don't like, almost don't want you to find out. So I thought that was uh, really funny every time I tried a level. That reminds me of uh, Alf for Sega Master System, which is, I think I only played on emulator. But uh, when you when you die in that game, I think it was Alf. It was either Alf or Garfield. But when you die in that game, um, it says uh, continue, and the default option is no. <laughs> Man. Uh, hey, that was Game Slop Mighty Number no. 9. Now it's time for a trip down memory card lane. Our own Heather Ann Campbell is a deep dive into a retro collection. Heather, it's uh, <laughs> Heather's hole. Hey, welcome to my hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, we all know here, uh, the audience at home knows that I'm a a big fan of accessories. Mm-hmm. Like if a if a yes. If a game is released with released with like a playable tomato, I'll be like, fuck, I got to get that tomato. And this has been a through line for my entire life. Now, as we know, I was a Sega kid, but I did end up getting an NES later when it wasn't, uh, you know, the most popular system on earth anymore. And along with that, I got something I'm going to hold up in front of uh, the boys here on camera so that they can describe their feelings. <laughs> All right, Heather is reaching out of frame. Here we go. I remember this. I didn't have one of these, but my friend had one. Uh, this is the Nintendo Power Pad. Wow. Which is, if anyone isn't familiar with this, this was a thing that you put on your floor. If you know, you know Dance Dance Revolution, it's the same sort of principle. It's a thing that you put on your floor and has sensors in it, uh, pressure-sensitive sensors uh, that enables you to play active physical games. I, I want to read the the warning sticker, which is still present on my power pad. Persons with heart, respiratory, back, and joint problems, high blood pressure, or under a phys- physician's direction to restrict activity, italicized, should not use the power pad without a physician's advice. <laughs> Pregnant women should not use. Serious injury can result. Oh my the power God. pad is a double-sided plastic mat with sensors built into it. Power pad side A features a uh, sort of twister-style layout of two dots up top, two dots on the bottom, two dots in the middle, and a dot to the left and right. And then the other side of the power pad is a two-player side-by-side set of, uh, of sensors arranged in a, uh, a six-strong grid. The now I thought that the power pad, you, you know what, before I talk about what I've learned about the power pad in the last uh, in the last couple of days, I'd love to play this commercial for the power pad back from 1988. You better get ready for the most challenging Nintendo system ever. Ready? Let's do it. The new power pad is only available in Nintendo's new power set. Now you're playing with body power. You've got to run, jump, faster, higher. The Nintendo 
Nintendo Power Pad puts you in total control. You are the game. You are the power. Now you're playing with power, body power. You get the Power Pad, Control Deck, Zapper, and three games only in Nintendo's exciting new power set. Wow. Holy shit. Like, to be a kid and see that commercial and be like, I can run in my living room and I'm running in the game? Like, that... That's a mind-blowing event. Yeah. That's like if if you could use this power pad on Mario, even though the the only game that's advertised is a, is a, is a track meet game in that commercial, yes. but it but your brain as a kid you're like, "Holy shit, can I run as Mario? Can I run as Link? Mm-hmm. Like I've got to get this power pad." Now, I thought that this was the dawn of Nintendo's like wild controller like the, the their family tree of of controllers that are just crazy bonkers bullshit but it turns out the power pad was originally released by Bandai and Bandai developed it and developed the video game and then uh it was called um Family Trainer <laughs> <laughs> Which is so much less like, oh, you guys want a family train? Yeah. Uh, But it was uh, it was re-released as uh, as the power pad and it came with the game world class track meet. We have a, a selection from the score of world class track meet. Okay. Yeah. I remember playing this game in my friend's house. Yeah, you 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 you, you plug this in, you're like, all right, let's let's get ready to race. No, yeah, if you're a not so bad. Yeah, it's not so bad. Just inoffensive. Right? Uh so here's the thing about these games is that it the power pad doesn't work very well. <laughs> no. And it's made out of the most slippery plastic that any toy has ever been assembled from. So if you're playing the track game, world-class track meet, and you are running on the pad, because you would have to, you'd start at the, uh, at the lowest point on the pad next to, next to your co-player, and they'd start shoulder to shoulder with you, and the race would begin, and you'd have to run in place, bap, 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 on, uh, trying to keep your feet on those sensors. But the mat slides all over the fucking place like butter on a hot plate, and it was an unenjoyable experience. Also, you would learn very quickly as kids that you can hit the power pad with your hands and make you make yourself run faster. So instead of it being a full body experience. You've just made the buttons on the controller larger. Like you're smacking two buttons and then smacking two different buttons. For the long jump experience on world-class track meet, you also learned that in order to break your own record, you jump off the pad. Yes. Like you'd run in place and then jump off the pad, watch your character fly through the air like 30, 40 feet, (laughs) and then land back on the pad in order to uh, prevent your character from falling. It was deeply unsatisfying uh, and also smelled weird. Like whatever plastic <laughs> yeah. they're, they're using, it's, it's a very strong plastic smell that still, as I pulled this out of the 
whole is it it like <laughs> it's pungent this yeah. plastic yeah. It smells um, like a slip and slide that's been out in the sun like, yeah what? even oh. when you keep it cold yeah it, it smells hot why i don't um, know I, the, were, the, the two things you mentioned were like, like, I remember that of, yes, you could, you could jump off the pad and then, yeah, using your hands. And it, that just comes, goes down to like, kids are just, kids just want to win. So if your yeah. friend starts doing that, you're not going to be like, no, we got to play it the right way. You're just going to like, see who can hit the mat faster. Cause you think right. you, fi- you figured out an exploit. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, m- more fun in theory than in practice. Like. I mean, I guess of a of a piece with the Mattel Power Glove or the uh, or, or 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 Rob, the robotic operating buddy from the NES era, just like, oh, that thing looks awesome, and then you use it like this sucks. Yeah, I I also I would be um, if I didn't mention the fact that Stadium Events was the very was the initial release of the Power Pad game by Bandai, right? Family Fun Fitness Stadium Events, and then when Nintendo purchased. The power, the the power pad tech and the, and the game, and re-released it as uh, as world class track meet and the power pad. They pulled uh, the printing of stadium events, which makes it one of the most expensive games on earth. Like wow. years and years and years ago, uh, stadium event games were selling for thirty five thousand dollars. I know that a sealed copy of Mario has been laundered for like a million dollars but yeah this was a legitimate like pre-hype pre-2020s you know maximalizing of collectibles yeah transition $35,000 for an NES cartridge was crazy crazy back in 2016 right I can't even imagine what that game would be worth now but I didn't do the research so you won't know and can't imagine either. And we're we're done doing math on the show today. We've done enough yes. math. Yeah, it was a catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I I think that if the power pad hadn't been made, I don't know if we would have ever ended up at games like Dance Dance Revolution. Like I don't know where the inspiration comes from, or if mm-hmm. these two things, these two events are, are completely separate in the minds of the developers. But I'd like to believe that this is the precursor to floor-based, movement-based video game tech. Yeah. And as such, gave us a decade's worth of really fun games, all for the price of uh, sucking at the time of release. <laughs> yes. That's it. it. It is like novel that it exists. Like it, it's very cool that Nintendo was like, "Yeah, we'll just do this. This is like a thing that we'll figure it out. We'll, let's, let's figure it out so we can get people running in their house." I, that, I feel like even if it wasn't like necessarily their idea of like being like fitness forward, they're always kind of doing stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like with uh, even just like the that fucking what is it called the Ring Fit or whatever it's called. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yep. they're always like just trying to get people moving, which is which is cool. Counter to uh, what everybody else is doing, which is uh, nothing in that in in that regard. Well, and also just tra- just taking big swings with yeah. with hardware and accessories. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we'll try this fucking crazy thing. A lot, most of the time, it's it doesn't work, but sometimes they, sometimes it hits. Yeah, we'll if, do we'll do a Donkey Kong Bongo game. Sure. Amen. If if <laughs> that was rad. If you wanted to experience the uh, the power pad on a more recent system, 
It was semi-re-released on the Wii by Bandai uh, for a game called Active Life Outdoor Challenge, which was packed in with something that is visually extremely similar to the uh, the original Power Pad with that same greasy plastic. <laughs> it also didn't work on a carpet. Like, you couldn't put it on a hardwood or a carpet. It was slippery no matter what you put it on. <laughs> well, well, and also, you're not supposed to wear... Sh- you weren't supposed to wear shoes. Yeah, I think you were supposed to wear it was socks. Gonna, <laughs> you're supposed to wear socks, so it's like just like the slipperiest possible situation. I maybe I maybe how- you're supposed to wear bare feet, but I feel like, you know, whatever. Kids would just, just take their shoes off and then slide around. I, I wonder how many kids sobbed as a result of, like, just eating it on the power pad. Yes, right. Probably yeah. that, probably running as hard as they can and it doing nothing. Uh, like, <laughs> so many opportunities for sad kids with this thing. Yeah. That's it. Think, wow. That's, that's it for today's journey into the whole. <laughs> thank you, Ather. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, and thank hey, you, Ather. you can thank us for this week's Get Played. Yeah. You know what? what? A little thank you once in a while would be nice. Would go a long way. Yeah. What the heck? We work hard on this podcast. Yeah. We It'd be a little shame if something happened to it, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> you can follow us on social media at Get Played Pod. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And hey, we got our Twitch channel up and running. Twitch.tv slash GetPlayedPod. Which means this month's We Play, You Play a.k.a. We Stray, You Stray. We're going to talk about the cat game Stray. Uh, We're going to be doing that on our Twitch channel uh, Wednesday, August 24th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's twitch.tv slash getplayedpod. And also check out our premium show, Get Animated, which you can find at Patreon or Stitcher Premium. Heather, what are you watching this week? So we're watching episodes 23 and 24. We're almost at the end of the Evangelion journey. We only have two more episodes after this. Well, two... Okay, so we're covering two more episodes of the television show and then covering the film. And that's the end of the Evangelion journey. And then we'll be on to another anime. Then we'll go on to another series. Wow. You can check that out. Again, Stitcher Premium at patreon.com slash get played. If you want to write us an email, send us an email at uh, getplayedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail for a future um, question block where we'll play voicemails, that's the number is 6162played. That's 616-275-2933. Boom. Wow. There you go. If you call that number, you won't get played. But you guys, you got played. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Wait, I guess if they call the number, they will get they played. They will get played. On the show. They'll get. And actually, you-, you just gave us a hack. Nick and I are going to call the phone number. Reversing our, <laughs> our, our, sta- our status as played right now. Gotcha. <laughs> I hope there's an anime. Also, Fuck you.